Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. In episode 192, I shared my strategy of how I was going to get a Lazy Line Cub at basically half price. Then in episode 245, I shared, although I saw it at basically the price I wanted, had the traits I wanted, but I just couldn't get it done. Then, unrelated episode 243, I shared about the alternative wallets to MetaMask and one of them in particular that also ties into all of this. So this episode, it all comes together and I got my Lazy Lion Cub at the price I wanted it with the traits I wanted and it's all thanks to the Argent Smart Wallet. So in case you're not following the story, haven't heard episode 192, 245, and 243, I'm going to sum all of this up and I'm going to give the story and it's some interesting stuff because I had to dive deep into the Argent Smart Wallet. But starting with it, the public sale for the Lazy Lions Cubs was at 0.1 ETH. And when that happened, my goal was to get it around half of that. So at 0.05 ETH. Number one, not because I don't think they're worth that, but first and foremost, I have to say I'm definitely on a budget. I'm not getting any of this stuff for free. And I'm converting all the stuff coming from Jamaican dollars to US dollars, then to ETH. But also, I noticed a trend. Usually, as I've said many times, after that art reveal, the price drops. So my goal was to get it for around 0.05 and pick out the trait that I exactly wanted. Well, last month, one came on the market and I saw it for 0.042. However, I had just made the purchase and I cleaned out my wallet and I wouldn't be able to load any more cash off of the exchange onto my wallet before it sold. Not to mention, I was also on my anniversary vacation. So I missed that one. However, a month later, I was able to purchase the same exact lion, for 0.066. Now some people might say, oh, that is horrible. That is 57% more ETH than I was able to purchase for last month. However, there's some things that really comes into play here, which is a consideration for both parties, the person I bought it from and myself, and we both won on this trade. So last month, ETH was trading at $1,600 or so. Today, it's trading for about $1,300 thanks to a pump over the last couple of days. So considering I had to purchase ETH, because remember, I emptied out my wallet and I had to buy ETH. And in order to make this purchase or fund my wallet, I bought ETH. Essentially, if you look at the cash value, I only paid $18 more. Sure, that's floating around the 30% range. But when you look at the overall picture, you zoom out from a bird's eye view because it is so easy to say, oh, man, I just paid 30% more and I lost. I should have got it at 0.42 and beat up myself. However, when I look at the whole thing, remember, I started off by saying this, the public sale was at 0.1. This was the unrevealed price. So at that time, the price of ETH was $2,041. So from a purely ETH perspective, I saved 33%. But from a cash perspective, I saved 57%. And I was able to pick out the exact art that I wanted. I had it narrowed down to two. There were two cubs that I really liked that I wanted to be my main profile picture. And at this point, I can really reveal that I was looking for the glasses trait, but also I wanted a Caribbean flair to it. And the one I ended up getting fit my model perfectly. And this was the guy that I was watching. I also had another one. I'll see if that one ends up on the market if I do end up purchasing him. But he had some, some different traits whatsoever, but he had the glasses. But with that said, half price for the art that I wanted, I really, I hit my goal. So a part of me is saying, ah, oh, man, I could have got it for 0.042. But at the same time, when I came into this initially was what? It was to get it for basically half of what the mint was. So in that regard, yes, although I paid a lot more than the person I purchased it from, 
I hit my goal and it's a win-win for both parties. That person had a nice little come up, 57% more ETH despite the fact being down. But if you're looking at it, ETH to ETH, when he came in or she came in and bought that initially, they now have 57% more ETH to work with. And when I looked in the wallet, this person only has three NFTs in that particular wallet. So this is a nice little come up for this person. And it's a win-win, great win for that person. And I have the one that I wanted. So really, none of us can complain. Despite ETH being down, despite me paying more than I wanted to, it's like I still won. And I don't think that person's going to complain either. How'd I end up in this predicament anyways of making that episode saying that I probably won't be able to get it and how I got locked out of my account. Going back to the whole thing, I had spent all of my ETH and my wallet was pretty much empty and I'm buying ETH right now in order to make various purchases. When I see things really low as far as an NFT that I should grab or whatever, if it's something that's just irresistible, if you will, I'm just purchasing the ETH and then funding the wallet at that time and I'm making the purchase for that NFT. Well, Banksa was the quickest way for me to do that. I could do that instant transaction as far as using the debit card or whatever account it is to get that, get the ETH going. And within minutes, I could have that live, ready to trade, ready to make purchases. And it was great. However, this is where I went wrong. If you listen to that episode, I tried to use my Jamaican debit card. And I think that set off red flags and all sorts of things because they said they serve this country. And this is one of the markets that they were in. But because I was using my U.S. accounts and then I tried to use the debit card from Jamaica, I think and I think that is the reason why it was a red flag and it just locked down the account. Now, here's the thing. They can't tell me any kind of information as to why that is or what exactly happened. I just get this automated response, although it seems like it's coming from an individual, but it's just copied and pasted with basically no information whatsoever, saying that there's security checks to stop terrorism and all sorts of money fraud and all sorts of things to make the world a safer place and all this just generic stuff that really doesn't apply to the situation whatsoever. So it was a little frustrating on my part because they can't tell me any information and they're just telling me that basically they're not obligated or legally allowed to tell me anything. So I'm like, okay, great. So how am I supposed to resolve this? And then I once again got the same response basically saying, there's no further information that we can tell you that all we know is that our system worked in order to stop terrorism and money laundering and all this stuff. I was like, okay, this is definitely not the case. And I've been using this service for over six months. Now I'm locked out of it and I've had multiple transactions and my ID, I KYC'd actually, this is the third time I KYC'd with them because the first time I used it, they KYC'd. And then probably about three months ago, they asked me to do it again. So I did it. And then this time I was using a different debit card. You're going straight through the banks.com rather than going through the exchange. And they asked me to KYC again and it passed the system. However, when I went to go use that debit card, it just locked everything down. And I think it is because that bank in particular might not support crypto payments. And that's the frustrating thing that I was highlighting in that episode is because some banks just don't support crypto and anything to do with exchanges or anything to do with Web3 and all that stuff, they automatically block it. So I think when that automatic block went off, which I didn't know that that particular bank did not uh, allow such things. I don't know. I've never tried it before. Again, it just happened to be at the worst possible time ever that it got locked. I, will it be opened up? Will I be able to use it in the future? I have no idea. However, gratefully, I found a backup solution and a different way to do things. And also, it really made me start to explore different options, see what else is out there. And really, there's multiple things. First of all, there's onboarding through 
several on-ramps such as Simplex, MoonPay, there's Banksa, which I just mentioned, there's Ramp, there's Transact. And however, depending on what territory or even what state you're in, if you're in the United States, because New York, Texas, some of them just don't operate in Florida. Those are the, I guess you would say the yellow areas that might be restricted, but in particular, New York. For whatever reason, New York wanted to protect their, I guess, their dominance as far as stocks and all that stuff in the financial world. And they made it very difficult for crypto and Web3 and everything. And I believe they really shot themselves in the foot. And a lot of these financial businesses that are going in Web3 have exported to other states that would have had an establishment on Wall Street and in New York. But in order to try to protect the legacy and all that stuff, I think they burnt their future. But that is an episode in itself. But generally speaking, any of these services as far as the onboarding ramps using fiat to crypto, and usually they're pretty quick. They're pretty much instant. Because of that, there's going to be a fee. Not only is the processing fee and all that, but they're going to range between 2% and 4%, depending on which one it is. It is not as cost effective as using an ACH payment and funding it through a bank account. However, when you're in a pinch, you need something very quickly or you just need the convenience of being able to load straight on from a debit card into crypto, that is the best way to do it. Now, obviously, if you are someone that is completely about decentralization, privacy, and all of that stuff, this is not the route that you're going to go, but you are more of an expert, and this is not even the type of thing that you would even want to explore because you have other considerations to go through. But the majority of people that are just finding about Web3 want to join a particular community, get their first NFT, get their feet wet, and then see the benefits of all that other stuff, the decentralization and anonymity and keeping everything private and all of that stuff. They can explore other options at a later date. But the majority of people coming over from Web2, something like this is a great benefit. And I think it's absolutely awesome that they are offering this and it is a service. And with this particular wallet, these features are also available in MetaMask and quite a few others, even Wax now, the Wax Cloud Wallet. Uh, offers Banksa and a couple other ones as well. So there's lots of cash on ramps. And when I first started doing these episodes, I was like, man, I can't wait till the day when this happens. It is starting to happen now. They're starting to roll out in more countries and more markets. And in particular, there's another one uh, by the name of Wire, which happens to work very well with quite a few wallets, including Argent. Now, this is where it all comes together. Argent is by far one of the coolest things I have discovered in a long time in this Web3 space. Now, Obviously, the majority of the things I do cover are related to NFTs and everything. And a wallet is boring and basic. Everyone just stick to MetaMask and that's just the way it's going to be. Get your treasure and leisure. And with MetaMask, that's all you really need. I can definitely tell you that Argent is a completely different approach. And the whole thing that I did that episode about on episode number 243, when I was comparing the MetaMask experience to the Rainbow Wallet, which is way better, and also the Argent Wallet, I didn't fully appreciate or understand all of the details of this Argent Wallet, simply because I didn't have to dive down into what a smart contract wallet was as opposed to the traditional wallet until I needed to use it. And because of that, I spent hours of trying to sift through all of this stuff. And in that episode, I even said that I wish somebody from the team could try to explain some of this stuff for me. And one thing that I'll admit right now that upfront, still, I'm not fully certain how public keys are generated as far as the MetaMask address and all of that stuff. That is something I'm still exploring. However, the majority of people don't even need to know that. But just for my own curiosity's sake, and most people that are probably listening to this are very enthusiastic, love going down these rabbit holes with me. And that is something I have to really explain 
explore and fully understand. So if there's anyone out there that really knows that, has a great resource, please feel free to send it to me and I'll check it out. Something that's just digestible and easy to understand. And I don't need to be a computer scientist or a cryptographer and all that stuff to really fully understand it. But with that said, a smart contract wallet is probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. And the reason is because unlike the typical wallets, this actually is a smart contract. Now, when you buy from an NFT project and you're minting and everything, that is one way you can tell that if this is the legitimate NFT, if it is from the right project, is by looking at the smart contract. The funds for that, when you mint it, you can also go to Etherscan and you can see that when you purchase that or you mint that, the funds are there. All the transactions, all everything is stored right there. And that's smart contract basically stores all of those funds as a wallet. Well, that is what this app is doing. Now, they do a terrible way of explaining all of this to really show the benefit of this. So I'm going to put it in layman terms as to what is going on here, why this thing is awesome. And if anyone from this team happens to just listen to this and wants me to help them to just spread out why this is actually awesome and put this in simple terms, please feel free to reach out to me. But with that said, it is like the Web3 version of Cash App and Venmo with an Ethereum plugin. That's basically what it is. If you can understand what Cash App and Venmo does, that's what it does. They use all sorts of terms like ZK rollups and layer ones and layer twos. And honestly, I'm in this stuff every single day. And it wasn't until having to really dive into this and trying to understand how this wallet worked that I understood what a ZK rollup is. And honestly, if you're not really in this stuff full time and just diving down this stuff, you don't need to know what it is. Just knowing that just as there is cash app and how you can transact and there's a free, you can send and receive money from your friends and it's instant. That's basically what it's doing on that level. Very minimal payments. And then the Ethereum plugin is what we are used to with our MetaMask and we're minting and we're sending funds and all that with the gas fees. That's what it is. So it's basically a plugin. But when you're in the app and you're sending funds, whether it be the actual ETH or whatever Ethereum based token that you're sending back and forth USDC or any of those you're doing that within the app and there's basically no gas fees and it is instant and that's because it is not logging directly on Ethereum the network now as I said with that whole Ethereum plugin there's something they call in the app the vault and you can switch between that free instant cash app version to the actual Ethereum that we're more used to, something more like MetaMask. And when you just toggle it over, flip it over to that one, that's when you can buy your NFTs, you can interact on OpenSea, and you can do all of those things that we're used to. And that is being done within a smart contract. Now, you might be thinking, why does that even matter? Why is that important? This is cool because have you ever heard that DAOs have a multi-signature wallet or a multi-sig wallet? Meaning that one member of the DAO can't just drain all the funds. They can't just do whatever they want. With this thing, it is set up as a smart contract. It allows for multi-signatures. And why that's important is it does not require you to have the seed phrase or the security recovery phrase and all that stuff. You simply add various signers, or in the case of the app, they call them guardians. And that is how you can get multi-signatures and also recover everything. Now, when you first sign up for this thing, and I said, remember, this is not for the person that is all about out, keeping everything private and anonymous and all that stuff because you sign up for this wallet using an email address and a phone number. That's how you set it up and you're using the app just as you'd use Venmo, PayPal, Cash App or any of those and you're doing all of that stuff and you don't have to worry about all the blockchain stuff. But once you decide to now go to that vault version, well, that's when gas fees and all the Ethereum stuff starts to come into play and you can get 
one of those guardians, those signatories, if you will, to be a ledger device, another person, another Argent wallet or a MetaMask wallet, a Trezor. And it's pretty cool to say that instead of doing the whole security phrase and typing in those 24 words or anything of that nature, for whatever reason, if you're locked out of this wallet, you can contact some of those guardians and they can sign a transaction that then allows you to get back into it. So it's pretty cool to say that. So for example, if you happen to have a hardware wallet, hot wallet such as a MetaMask, and maybe you have a friend or a trusted family member that also uses this app, you can put all three of those as guardian. And in order to do a recovery or certain transactions, which I'll get to, you can require it for two of those people needing to sign it or three of them or whatever it might be. So there's no need to store all of those 24 words or anything of that nature. Is it a completely different way of doing things? And as far as approving those transactions, you can have it set up that just using that Argent app and you can sign everything, you can click and send and do it just like how MetaMask would work on the browser. Or you can have it set up to have those guardians also needing it. It could have those 50% of the guardians. So if you do have your hot wallet, your regular MetaMask and those treasures and all those other things that I was just saying, you can set it up to need two signatures or however many signatures that you do need in order to get the transaction off unless it is going to a trusted address. Now, a trusted address could be, let's say, your primary MetaMask or your ledger or somewhere that you're constantly sending to. You might not want to get all those signatures or whatever it is. You just want a quick thing because you're doing that very regularly. However, having the multi-sig is going to prevent from some hacker or some scammer from draining everything. And that's why all these signatures are very important. Now, I hope I'm not losing you with all of this. It is very cool in the sense that it protects the average person from just simply going out and giving blind access to just anyone off of uh, some crazy website or whatever, just the newbie clicking a link in Discord or Twitter or whatever. And there goes everything, the crypto, the NFTs, everything all gone. It cannot happen with this app simply because you can't give away all that blind permission to just some unknown person. And even if, let's say, somehow someone gets into this stuff and is able to add themselves as a guardian or anything of that nature, that change cannot go down for 36 hours. So you'll get your email and your text messages and all that stuff that a transaction is about to go down. And if for some reason all this is going on, all these red flags are going off and you still allow a random stranger or somehow to get into this thing and be a guardian, then that's carelessness on the holder's part. But there are so many stop gaps and there's so many security measures just built into this thing that in my opinion, this has to be the safest wallet I've ever seen. And it is quote unquote, a smart wallet. And it's all because it is a smart contract. So you can have so many hardware wallets connected to this thing and require each of them to sign it. This is absolutely ridiculous. Or you can just have it very simple set up just as how we would just have one hardware wallet or anything of that nature and just send it. And so it, it is safe. There is no way that half the things that happens with MetaMask can happen on this. But also what I love about this thing is when you're signing things, the transactions, descriptions and everything, it is so visual, just so easy to read and understand that you pretty much know exactly what you're signing. Unlike with MetaMask, where you have that long thing, you have to scroll down, you see a whole bunch of information and codes and everything. And it's just like, yeah, whatever, just except and that is where a lot of people get into trouble now with this there's everything that is there it is so visual it is bold in certain words such as approve see only or read only 
transact, they pop it out. So you actually know what you're signing. So I really think that is cool. And then also, as I said, there's so many other options. So when I was getting ready to make the purchase now on OpenSea, this is where things start to get really interesting. I was wondering, okay, how is this app on my phone going to connect with OpenSea? There's no browser within the app. So how does this work? You use the Wallet Connect app. So let's say you go to OpenSea on your browser, whether it be on your phone or your desktop, you can use Wallet Connect feature and you can connect it up to this. And then it pops up in the Argent app and you sign the approval to connect. Then when you go to make the transaction now, it's going to pop up just as basically this is a ledger, except it happens to be on your smartphone. So even if you're using your desktop and you sign in using that, when you go to make that transaction, you go to sign it on the screen of the computer, it pops up also on your phone and then you approve it over there. So very cool and it's very clear, very easy to see. And of course, this was my first transaction, so I didn't have all those guardians and everything set up. So how I actually had to approve the spending of these funds now is I had to confirm via a text message that came through and also an email. And I had to have the information from both of those in order to approve this. So even if someone had my device and was able to click that button and say, yes, transact, buy this thing off of OpenSea, they still would have to have my cell phone with that code that was text to me and access to my email and be able to click that. So it's just so many layers and this might sound like redundancy and a headache and for people who are very experienced and just used to doing this stuff with one click and what have you, but remember, a lot of people that are coming into the space, this is how they get scammed. They don't know all of this stuff and all the security things to do and they simply click something and then before they know it, that they're approving for everything to be sent away and they lose everything. So with this, you have to literally sign off on it multiple times. So you have to work extra hard to get scammed. And I think this is a so much better way of doing these wallets. And I think this is going to be the standard going forward. Now, this is the first one out of the gate, at least that I've seen and how this is done. I just don't know why this isn't the standard, why everyone is still doing MetaMask and all that simply because this is so great. I understand, yes, MetaMask is integrating into everything, but with the Wallet Connect feature and everything, so far, this is what I've been able to do with it. And it has worked flawlessly and easy and very quickly. I've been able to send money. I've been able to make a purchase, connect. I've been able to use the Twitter profile picture feature for the NFTs. And also I've been able to verify NFT via Discord all through this thing. And it was seamless. It was easy, just as simple as uh, connecting to verify your NFT using MetaMask. It was with this thing. But when it actually comes to a transaction now, when money and funds are being spent, that's when you have to go through all the steps of getting text message and email and all of that. But just basic transaction, read only, all of that stuff. You just make that one click, you sign, and it pops up and says, this is a read only transaction, as I said earlier. And this is just a great experience. So once you know that all of those emails and things and red flags and is asking you for a guardian and all that stuff, that's when you know stuff is about to come out of your wallet. That's when things are being lost or spent. And in order to get scammed with all of that, like I said, you have to work extra hard because if something doesn't go off that it's asking you to do all of the signing and do these procedures that you normally wouldn't do for someone who is just connecting to see what's in your wallet or you're verifying with Collabland or Twitter or whatever it is, then I don't know what to say to you. So overall, the experience with the wallet, getting this cub, everything was just great. The only thing that I will say is that there was one area that was pretty confusing to me and this is like the one area that I would say needs a little work. 
and it is when the wallet is setting up because remember this is a smart contract and the way this is set up is it actually deploys a smart contract onto the Ethereum main net. And in order to do this, it actually costs 0.0086 ETH at the time. That's about $11 or so to deploy this contract. So going from that free cash app version, whatever they want to call it, the ZK, all that stuff, and to going to the regular Ethereum one, which is the smart contract, it does cost. And the reason is because it is a transaction on Ethereum setting up a smart contract and is literally deploying that smart contract. And that is the cost of doing it. Now, when that happened, traffic spiked a little bit on on Ethereum and because of that it took almost an hour for the contract to be set up and for the wallet to be activated. So now I'm looking in my wallet and I'm actually seeing the balance because I purchased it, everything went through, the funds were there, but it kept saying I cannot send or make a purchase or do anything because I need to verify my wallet. However, when I was first coming in and setting it up, it said fund your wallet and a, dedu and a deduction will be taken out of it in order to verify your wallet. So I'm like, the funds came in, so what exactly happened? I don't understand why it's not verified and it's been 35, 40 minutes it and it's still not saying it's verified and it won't let me make the purchase and I was like wow I was getting really frustrated and I'm trying to look through the help the resources YouTube videos everything and I wasn't finding anything and it wasn't until I received a message saying that it's verified your wallet is all set to go that I realized that it was still in the process of signing it and setting it up. And that $11 for deploying that smart contract was not done yet. So after that, I was still seeing a little thing. So I closed out the app and brought it back in and everything was smooth. I was ready to go make that purchase and all was good. So if you're setting this up, the one thing that I will say, do not do this if you are in an absolute hurry. If you need to make a purchase in let's say 15, 20 minutes or so or do something, transact, no. In order to deploy that smart contract on the Ethereum mainnet, that's what you're gonna do. Just budget for at least an hour. Could go through a lot less, but you never know. Traffic could spike and based on the price that you put in, who knows? So besides that, it is all good. And as I said, 36 hours to get all those guardians approved. I think it's 24 hours to get a safe wallet or a safe address. So let's say your main address, you want to approve that, put that on there so you don't need all those guardian signatures and all those uh, loopholes to send to that particular wallet. Well, it takes 24 hours to do that. So same thing, protection, redundancy, and all of that. So overall, great wallet, great experience. I'm so happy to finally have my lion cub. I'm in the pride and now I'm looking forward to using this wallet, especially for my Twitter profile and to do certain things such as a verifying collab land and all that stuff because when I'm using a MetaMask or whatever it might be, I'm always so hesitant. I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to do this. What if I click the wrong thing? Am I going to lose this? Am I going to lose that? And because of that, I do have my things on a hardware wallet that I just don't collect anywhere. But because of that, it's, oh man, I'm like, I'm missing out on these. I can't use those. So it would just be cool to have, let's say, one of each project in this thing. So that way I can connect, get all my benefits, talk to all the communities, get into those access servers and what have you, and then have the bulk of them stored off in a vault that has never been connected to anything. And I think that is the way to go. That's what I'm looking at in the future. So now I have tested a bunch of hot wallets and I've tested the Ledger and Trezor. So putting this into the arsenal is just amazing because it just combines everything. In a weird way, I wanna say this wallet is actually safer than just having a ledger or something. I know that might sound crazy because remember, you can have that ledger 
as a signature or a person. Let's say you have three ledgers. You can have it set up that you need two of those three ledgers to sign off on a transaction. And I think that's pretty crazy. So with that said, this is kind of long, but I hope you really appreciate it. I went through all of those steps and all of the details of how I came into all of this. And I just want you to just know that there are better ways of doing things. And I can't wait to see what happens in a year from now when all of this stuff is behind us and we don't have to worry what a ZK roll up or a layer one, layer two is. We just know that our stuff is getting sent quickly, securely, and at a low cost. So I would love to know what you thought of this. If you have any questions about the Argent wallet or this whole experience that I might have missed out and just breezed over, feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. Or if you're an email person, contact information is in the show notes. But with that said, I want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.